0: I'll bear with me just a little bit. I'm going to have sidekicks here this evening to take care of some of this technology stuff. I tried to show Lucille, but <laughs> it just never happened There, Lucille. It never came to her <laughs> Lucille keeps trying to get too technical with it about all the different aspects of the computer and the internet and the Aww. things such as that. Well, good to see you, everybody. Uh, glad to have you here. Ben, thank you. Good job. I like that song. Uh, We'll get that song, we'll get it figured out one of these days. We're going to talk this evening about pride, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things to think about with pride, and, uh, and pride is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a terrible thing. And uh, Pat just read this just a few moments ago, six things Proverbs tells us in chapter six that God hates, yea, seven are abominations. abomination, and what's an abomination, you know? Abomination is the worst of the worst, okay, it's the worst of the worst. It's terrible, okay? And the Bible talks a lot about different things in the Old Testament about being abomination to God won't have it. God simply will not have it. Uh, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the last lifestyle that they chose was an abomination to God. And God talks about that in Leviticus. His homosexual lifestyle was an abomination. He's not going to have it, and it will be stamped out. And he did it in Sodom and Gomorrah. But tonight we're gonna, we don't have time to get into all of those other things. But the six things of the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Where is pride, folks? Is that number one on the list? It says it's the first one listed in it. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to run into mission, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. We could talk at length about any one of these things. Uh, for instance, a false witness that speaketh lies. Uh, back in the olden days, before DNA testing and before, you know, the, the modern police methods that they got now, you could be down at the country store and you can say, I hate Jim Smith. I wish Jim Smith was dead. I hope Jim Smith dies tonight. And you say that in front of a crowd of people. And then the next day, Jim Smith gets killed some way. You had nothing to do with it. But there's three or four people there. I so I heard him say he wish he's dead. Hope he died tonight. Folks... Tell lies of people, get people in serious trouble. There's been a many, many persons been hung because of that, because of false witnesses. Remember the trial of Jesus? They tried to get these witnesses. And it was hard to get witnesses to speak bad about Jesus because they hadn't done anything wrong. But they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they, tried, and they finally came up with a blaspheming God. But it, he that soweth discord among the brethren, that's one of the worst things to be. But tonight we're going to look at the proud look. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I've seen sometimes with basketball and football and baseball teams, these teams get out there and we are so good. We are unbeatable. Nobody can touch us. And then next thing you know, it's 49 to nothing, and you've been whipped up one side and down the other, okay? It goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're ever going to play sports and uh, just say my team's going to play Ben's team, I don't really need to say anything bad about Ben's team, okay? Because if I say something three or four days ahead of time about Ben's team, how sorry they are, and how dumb they are, and all this stuff, Ben's going to hang that up on the blackboard, and he's going to say, guys, this is what the other team thinks of you all. They think you're a bunch of weaklings, cowards, babies, whatever, and Ben's team will most likely beat mine. It happens all the time. Proud spirit, pride, the Holy Spirit goes before a fall. The Bible speaks of the word pride 49 times, proud 48 times, and proudly a total of 106 times in the King James Version Bible. 106 times must be pretty important, mustn't it? Pride, proud, and, uh, and proudness. So those things must be somewhat important or the Bible. That's why it's worthwhile for us to talk about it this evening. Now, I don't think any of you guys have an issue with this. And I, I was just thinking this afternoon, I don't know really many people that I'm around that have an issue with this. But I've been around people that's got a real, real issue with it, okay? Uh, I think every time I think about pride... I think about the Beverly Hillbillies. You know, the Beverly Hillbillies had nothing. It's a TV show. They had nothing, and they struck it rich with oil, and they moved to Beverly Hills, and they don't really fit in in Beverly Hills. and It makes a real funny little uh, comedy, good little comedy show. If you ever want to watch this, it's it's worth your time. But there's this man and woman that comes on the scene on one of the shows, and this woman is so high-minded, and her husband's not allowed to speak, and they're they're so rich. They're just like the Beverly Hills. They had struck it rich, too, and made a lot of money. And so one day, Granny, the man's had enough, and Granny had fixed some of her favorite foods, and he said he'd eat some hog jowl and some chitlins and things like that. And he just dug in. And uh, uh, Uncle Jim says to this man, says, "Why does your wife act like she does?" He said, "I don't know." He said, "She's been that way ever since I bought her her first pair of shoes." And that's just a cute little story. Sometimes people get their first pair of shoes, and it goes to their head, don't it? It goes to their head, and that's what that little story is about. You can get too proud about stuff, and sometimes it's a, it leaves you in a bad spot. Excuse me. Uh, why do you think the Bible refers so often to this? We talked about that a long ago. It's just it's so important. Why do you think that, what do you think of when you hear the word pride? What do you think of? you think about the Beverly Hills story like I just told you, or somebody that you worked with, some lady that you used to know? Uh, I've some people that won't speak to you because they're too big-headed. That's the term we use in Central Kentucky, big-headed for, for the Internet folks that might not understand. It doesn't mean that their head is big. It just means they feel so proud. They just feel so proud. And that's a terminology we use. And sometimes it, there may be a person that leaps to your mind, you know, the, the, when you think of that. Uh, is pride always a bad thing? We're going to examine these things this evening. If not, in what might it, ways might it be used for good? <coughs> i do some extra clicking on that slide there. I, I needed to redo it. Have you ever known someone who's very proud of themselves or something they owned or had accomplished? I saw a bumper sticker one time, and, and it was probably just a little joke thing. But regardless, it said, my son is inmate of the month at the Opel State Contention. Okay? <laughs> so that's a pretty good little sign. He's inmate of the month. Uh, there's a woman in Nicholsville whose son was in the service being, and he wound up at Fort Leavenworth. He got in trouble. Pretty bad trouble. And everybody in Nicholsville knew what happened. In small towns, people don't, nothing is hidden. Well, this lady would come in periodically and mail packages to him. Well, he's was going to Fort Worth Federal Penitentiary and got his prison number on there. But she kept telling everybody that her son was in college out there in Oklahoma. So. Uh, Julian, one of our co-workers, a uh, great guy, he's gone now, but Julian, he knew everything of the details. And he said, well, your son seems to be staying in college a long time. Is he going to be a doctor or what? <laughs> but the woman had too much pride. He didn't have to go bragging on it that he's in prison. Nobody wants to do that. But you, sometimes you just got to kind of clean, okay, because people do understand. Uh, I've done a lot of genealogy, wrote stories and stuff like that. Sometimes I write stories and it offends people. And uh, I shouldn't, I don't want to offend anybody, but you've got to tell the truth sometimes, don't you? If it's not a very good story if you don't tell the truth. If I got on there tonight and wrote a story that says I am perfect and everybody loves me and I'm the most handsome, smartest, prettiest person, you ain't going to have many people read okay? And you should because people don't go for that. do you have pride? Yes. Shake your head yes. Yes, you have pride. And you should have pride. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit more. Was Jesus a proud person? Yes. He, was pr- he wasn't proud because he didn't have a place to put his head at night except for rock. But he said, I must be about my father's business. I have to be about my father's business. I've got work to do. And this work is important. And that's why Jesus went about doing it. Okay? He didn't go around, I'm better than you all. He asked the woman at the, at the well, the, woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, and she said, I can't believe you're talking to me. I can't even believe you would be talking to me. And he said, he told her who he was. He said, if, you test, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll drink of the water that I've got you, the words that I'm going to speak to, you'll never thirst again. He wasn't talking about physical thirst. If you drink water today, you'll have to drink some water again tomorrow. If you don't drink water or some sort of liquid, pretty often, you won't be around very long, folks. Now, older people sometimes get dehydrated. Sometimes it kills them because they're so dehydrated. But Jesus wasn't talking about fish water. If you have Jesus and you're walking in the light with Jesus all the way to heaven, you wind up, you look one of these days and you say, Hmm, well, I died yesterday and now I'm in paradise with the Lord. And so shall you ever be with the Lord. Folks, Jesus was a proud person in that regard. He had to do his Father's work. That's what we have to do as Christians. We have to be about our Father's business. We're walking hand-in-hand hand with Jesus. Jesus is here with us this evening. What are the, uh, uh, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there with them. And that's really not in context. It's talking about if there's a, if there's a falling out or something at church. People disagreeing or stuff like that. But Jesus is certainly in our presence. Jesus is the head of the body. The body is the church. Jesus is the, bride, uh, the groom. The church is the bride. They're going to be together. Okay? If you look for me, you'll see Deb not far off, okay? She might be in another little town or another little place at that moment. She's not going to be too far off, okay? She's coming home. I'm coming home. I've took hiking trips. I've been gone for a week at a time. Write her down. I'll be coming home. I was in the Air Force when we were dating. I'll be coming home. You can write that down. We're going to be together because we're husband and bride. Husband and bride, just like Jesus is with the church. Jesus loved the church. He gave himself to die for the church. He is the head of church. The God, as God has put all things in subjection to Jesus. Jesus is, God is proud of his son, Jesus, and I know you know that. Let's look at some of the New Testament examples of how pride is perceived, what the Bible teaches us about. Let's not just look at the word pride, but let's look at the company it keeps. Okay? That's, I think that's more important than the actual word pride, but the company it keeps. The Pharisees confront Jesus because his disciples were eating without washing their hands. And this was the Pharisees' tradition. This wasn't a law. Is there a law in the United States that says you have to wash your hands before you go, uh, before you eat? No. You probably should. Is it a good rule? Probably pretty good for cleanliness and things like it. Will it hurt you if you don't, eat your, if you don't wash your hands every time? No. Now, you might get something that you don't want. But these these guys are getting real technical. You all aren't doing what we think you need to do. We aren't doing what we think you need to do. Jesus says this about the Pharisees' accusation. What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Not what goes in. What comes out of For from from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. And that's found in Mark chapter 7, 20 through 23. Do you ever know anybody that all they do is sit around and think about mischief? I've known people like that. They go from one mischievous thing to another. A lot of times you see somebody arrested on TV, on the news, and they say, this is his 14th felony. Fourteen felonies? Fourteen misdemeanors. He started getting into... There's a lady said one time, she said, I knew, that the, I knew that something bad was going after her son had got killed in Chicago years ago. And she said, when he started stealing cars when he was eight. The little boy started stealing cars when he was eight years old, and the mama thought it was the police's fault or somebody else's fault. It was her fault. And his non-daddy. It was their fault that the little boy started stealing cars. Will Hopkins ain't stealing no cars. Cable kids ain't stealing no cars. They're not going to steal no cars. You have to teach kids. Jesus says, "What comes from within is what defiles you, not what you put in your mouth." Now, Jesus is not saying you can eat poison; won't bother. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, dirty hands. I, Jimmy, how many times you've been working in the and you eat with so much gum on your hands? You could tobacco uh, It'd be that thick, wouldn't it? It did not hurt. It. It don't taste good if you lick that just tobacco gum on your fingers. Doesn't you? It doesn't taste good. But he may have ever dealt with that. And most of you have dealt with that sometimes in your life. That doesn't hurt you, okay? But what hurts you is the things that's coming out of you. Let's do evil. Let's do evil. That's, the, that's where we get in trouble. Paul to Timothy describing the qualifications of an elder. He said... Paul says to Timothy, we don't need a novice. What is a novice? It's somebody that's young or somebody, a beginner. We don't need a novice. let being puffed up with pride and fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Elders can be very prideful, can't they? They can be very prideful. Very prideful. And that's a terrible thing, okay? It is a terrible thing. Mike Johnson's daddy said in Alabama years ago, a long, long time ago, when he was a little boy, elders stood at the back door and would not allow black people to come into the white church. Now, folks, that's wrong. It's wrong then. It's wrong now. It's always wrong, okay? It doesn't matter who it is coming that back door. They're welcome, okay? Unless they want to cause, you know, do some bodily harm or something like that. They are welcome, okay? Everybody's welcome into the Lord's family. We have to be careful because we're like, I'm just a little bit better than you. I'm just a little bit better than you, and so you're a little bit less than me, and so we don't really have space for you like this. 1 Timothy 3, 6 is where Paul was telling that to Timothy. Don't, elders need to have a little bit of maturity to them. They don't need to be a novice because sometimes it goes to your head. The most, most of the people that stuff goes to their head quicker than anything is the middle school kids. Deb knows this better than anything. Little sixth grade boys, seventh grade boys, eighth grade boys, they think they're pretty special. They're not really little kids anymore, and they're not adults. They're kind of in the middle there. They're working their way. And if you want to see a fight at a basketball game, go to a middle school game. Most likely you'll see it a lot quicker there than a middle high school game because those kids are trying to find themselves. Little girls are primping around there. I'm special because I'm prettier than you, at least I think I am. And so that's, that's what happens when you're a novice. or when After a while, you get to realize, hmm, I'm not that good. And I'm not that special, and I'm not that pretty, okay? There's nothing wrong with thinking that you so pretty or that you're a good basketball player or something like that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just thinking that it's overcoming you. And like with an elder, you can't just say, well, I'm an elder, I'm in charge, and you will do what I say. You know, that's, that's the wrong kind of person. Uh, it will fall into the same condemnation as the devil. And the devil... His eternity is already sealed, okay? He is bound for a devil's hell where he will spend an eternity, and he would like to take us with him. But those people that would be elders that want to be in charge want to be special and want to be uh, bowed down to, we will fall in the same condemnation as uh, the devil. The pride of life. Everything type of sin falls into one of these three categories. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 John two fifteen. Any kind of sin that you want to talk about, you can find it right here. Sexual immorality. Lust of the eyes a lot of times. And then it leads to the lust of the flesh. Uh, If I had some more money, this guy's got some money that's unattended. I can get hold of this money. That will let me have more stuff. Okay? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. None of those things are from the Father. Why? We are not of this world. We have overcome the world, Jesus says. He said he has overcome the world. We can overcome the world too. There's a sign up there at the end of Oakwood. Uh, It's been up there. I may not be there the last few days. But it's some lady who's died, and they were selling her personal possessions. They were selling them online. Is that sign foreign to anybody? (laughs) What they will do is they'll take that sign down, that auctioneering company will, when this sale's over, and they will put a new name on there. They'll cover up the old name, put the new person that's died, and a new date for the stuff to be sold. They do that all the time, folks. We've bought stuff. Lucy, have you ever bought anything from an estate sale? Absolutely. We all have bought stuff from estate sales. Why? Those people aren't alive anymore. Their children don't want it or don't have room for it. And so we go to the estate sale and say, I've always liked that dish she had, or I've always liked that gun that man had. I'd like to have that. It, and wait a minute, that, that, that's not your gun. It is now. I paid the price for it. But that was their special gun, that was the gun they loved most. It all will go away. We, how do we not understand that? How can we not grasp that concept <laughs> in our minds? Are we that feeble? Uh, one of these days, Daniel and Jessica will sell them and my stuff. I say, Well, that's the letter I wrote to them that really, really, really was important. I just tore the garbage, get rid of it. And that's what happened. It's just what happened. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's what we did with our mothers and daddy's stuff. And that's what they did with their mothers and daddies. And that's what they did with their their parents Stuff. Proud. Romans 1, 30 through 32. Backbiters. Haters of God. Violent. Proud. Boasters. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Undiscerning. Untrustworthy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God. That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them. Folks, look what the word there says, the fourth word there, or the one, fifth word, sixth word, proud. Proud. What's it say down there as we keep reading? Those who practice such things are deserving of death. Deserving of death. Not only are they proud, but they support those over here that's practicing this stuff. Folks, it's not right. Sin is sin. It's always sin. It don't matter if it's, well, it's 2023. Are you stupid? I heard one guy say one time, a comedian say one time, anytime somebody knows what they're talking about, they tell you what year it is. Well, don't you understand? It's 2023. And that's a a comedian's (laughs) quote, but that's a good quote. It's not 1919 anymore. It's 2023. What's wrong with you? You're just ignorant. Folks, it was seen in 1919. It was sin in the days of Noah, and it's sin in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's sin in 2023. Pride was the same thing back then. Pride was the same thing back then, just along with these, all these other. Look at those sins up there. Haters of God—they hate God. Pride—it's in the same category. This is what we talked about while ago. We said we're going to see pride and the company it keeps. It keeps company with people that are liars that are backbiters, that are causing trouble, that are, they're all sorts of people, okay? Proud is in that, that's why proud and that type of pride is such a bad thing. It's in the wrong kind of company. Here's something we don't talk about much in the church anymore: Withdraw thyself? If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine which is according to godless, he is proud knowing nothing. But doting about questions of strife's of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perversial beauties of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is God us, from such withdraw thyself. 1 Timothy 6, 3-5. Get away from those people. From such withdraw thyself. They want to argue about every single solitary thing, and I am always right, and you folks, I hate to tell you, but you're always wrong. That's what those people are. They're not willing to listen. They're not willing to compromise. They're not willing to understand your point of view. I'm right and I know and you don't. So just shut up. I'm, and that's what they're saying. The Bible says withdraw yourself from the people. Those people are nothing but troublemakers. I've heard people tell me, "Why?" Is, I've asked people, why is that church closed down the road there? All they did was argue. All they did was argue. Can you imagine that? All they did was argue. That's sad, folks. A church that all they do is argue. I don't really ever hear a hateful word in here. Now, we've been coming here since 2016, full-time, Deb and I have. And I don't know that I've heard the first hateful word. I don't know that I If I have, I don't remember. It was, it was insignificant if it was. We'd come together and we hug and we kiss and we'd shake hands and we'd hug some more and we Ask about each other's life, what's going on, how are you doing. That's what it's supposed to be. It's what Christ-like, It's being Christ-like, folks. Going about doing good. We say, well, we're going to get food boxes ready. Okay, let's get them ready. We're going to send this money. Okay, let's do it. Whatever it takes. We're having a gospel. Okay, let's do it. We need to stay away from those people that will bring you down. There are some people that consider the word that's common now is toxic people. And sometimes, I've always, I, sometimes you hear about these teenagers that, bless their little hearts, they're so confused, and they might kill themselves because their friends are bullying them online. You know how to stop online bullying? Turn the telephone off. Turn it off. If Facebook bothers you, turn it off. Turn it off. If Twitter bothers you, turn it off. It's not hard. It's not hard to do. I've heard mothers say, I don't know how I'm going to get little Johnny to go back to school because I get, can't get him to quit playing Fortnite. I never say it, but I'd like to say it. I can get, I, I get Johnny quit playing Fortnite. We will unplug it, turn it off, and if need be, throw it in the dumpster. We're getting play, quit playing Fortnite. That's very, very poor parenting, folks. Sometimes you've got to withdraw yourself. If the TV's body, turn it off. If the news watching 17 hours a day, which is on 17 hours a day, turn it off. Turn that junk off. Withdraw yourself. And if these people, these toxic people are in your life and they just keep bringing you down and bringing all this sorrow and misery and uncomfortableness to you, withdraw yourself from them. Sometimes you have to do that, okay? Perilous times will come. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, uh, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godless, but denying the power of the, from such would turn away. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. Folks, we don't know when the last days are, but we know we're living in the life's dispensation. The world may stand 100,000 years. And I think I'm teaching classmates, tonight. I've got to double check with Daniel, but, I, but we're going to talk about the word rapture that does not exist in the Bible on Wednesday night. It does not exist in the Bible anywhere. People are going around. A lady came to my house the other day and was talking about that Jesus had already come in 1914. We, that is a lie. That is a lie. When Jesus himself says, I don't know when the end of time will be, God the Father only. Nor the angels in heaven. No one knows. Josh don't know. You can write it down. Josh don't know. Boo don't know. Marilyn don't know. Pat don't know. I don't know. When Jesus himself, we'll talk about that more Wednesday. But the, we are living in the life's dispensation, okay? There will be nothing else. But when Jesus comes again, we will meet him in the air. Those people in Christ will meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Perilous times will come. People will be proud. And there's people that way today, folks. They're very, very proud. They're just so proud. and it. it, it It's such a terrible thing that God keeps talking about. God resists the proud. You see there on the board, James 4, 6 through 10. But He giveth more grace, wherever He said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves there to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. James 4, 6 through 10. Folks, when we start realizing where we are, okay? A long time ago at the post office, I realized one thing. I was one of 800,000 employees at that time. 800,000. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I can go on vacation if I mention I retired from the post office. Pretty soon, I'll find some. I work for the post office. There's a lot of. There's a bunch of us that work for the post office or still do. There's a lot of people, okay? Okay. Uh, but we can... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Humble yourself to the side of the Lord. He will lift you up. I learned a long time ago at the post office, so I was just... Post office in Washington, D.C. wasn't making decisions that... Won't, well, I wonder what Roy thinks about it. I just wonder what Boo thinks about it over there in I'd really like to check with her before I will get back with it. Or Tony. Tony's a manager. We'll check. They don't check with anybody, okay? They make the rules. The Board of Governors do We follow them. We have to follow them, okay? God has made the rules. Jesus has carried out God's plan. God's plan says, "I will." Jesus says, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." And we know that that has all come to fruition. Jesus has built his church. Jesus has lived his life. He's died. He's made the ultimate sacrifice. He's been raised from the dead. He's back in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. We know those things. So there, we are. For we are in the last days. Why should we be proud? Why should we be proud about something that we have done? God didn't ask me or Ella or Ned or anybody, how would you all do this? Would you all have the Lord's Supper, you know, each first? He didn't ask us that. God and Jesus Christ instituted the church. Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, and that's the reason we do it. Why don't you have a piano in the church, folks? You don't have the money. Now we've got the money. The Bible tells us to sing. Why? Would it be better? Would it sound better? would it be a lot better if you had instrumental music or a band? Maybe it would. That's not the point. The point is God instructs us to sing, and so we sing, okay? From study of history, you can find out instrumental music was never an issue until after the Civil War. And then what happened is this. This church over here gets an organ. And so what happens to church B, C, and D? We better get an organ too because we're going to look behind the times. What is that? Pride. 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 Well, Sally uh, Johnson's little girl had a wedding on Saturday evening. boy, they had the nicest organ and pop organ and piano playing. And our church don't have a pop organ and a piano. And little, my little girl's as good as Sally Johnson's little girl and she needs to get the piano in. And that's what happened. And now these churches, if they will be honest with you, they're overrun with entertainment, and the entertainment cannot keep up. That's another story for another day. Folks, proud is a bad thing. God resists the proud. God wants us to be home. This is what I told you to do. Has any little child ever got in trouble by following mom and daddy's orders exactly? No, not at all. Johnny, I want you to go to the mailbox. Get the mail. Psh, psh, there's the mail. Does he, well, I'm going to beat you half today. so you went and got the mail. You told me today. Mamas and daddies and grandparents are proud of their children, and that's a good pride because they're doing what. We are children of God, and we are supposed to do what God would ask us to do. And we do our very best to do that because we know God resists the proud. Humble yourselves. We talked about that at the close of that last verse. But 1 Peter 5, 5-7. Yea, all of you are subject to one to another. You're all subject to one another. So, Linda, I'm subject to you. Okay? And you are subject to me. What does that mean? What does that mean? If Linda says, Children, I need to go to the doctor tomorrow, and I don't have any way to get there, what should I do, Linda? I think I'm going to take you. If I can't take her find some way to get her there, we're going to help her, okay? That's what what we do. We're subject to what. Well, I don't care. That's not my problem. That is as unchristian as you can be. Linda, I use her as an example here because Linda's always taking somebody somewhere. Okay? And very times, is anybody taken Linda anywhere? It's not, you know, turnabout's fair play. It's not always turnabout is a Linda. But Linda takes them, okay? And Linda counts her blessings. You'll get your reward. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore in the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 5 Casting all your care. I'm worried about... How to pay the house payment. I'm going to turn it over to God. I'm going to go to bed. Somebody asked me one time, I told them, I said, I can lay down and go to sleep anywhere, anytime. Uh, middle of the day, some people can't sleep in the day, some people can't sleep in the morning, some people can't. I can get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, stay up like 2 hours, and eat and just have a good old time and go right back to bed, straight back to sleep. Okay? Some people can't do it. And people say, somebody, several times people told them, you must have a good conscience. I do have a good conscience. I have a good conscience because I'm turning it over to God. Okay? Well, you might get cancer and die next week. I won't let God take care of that. I won't let God do it. Your house not burned down. Well, I've got a man in Danville, bless his heart, and he's the insurance man. That's his job. Let him worry about the house because we've got the insurance on the house, okay? If the car tires up, the truck tires up, I'll turn it over to the mechanic. And if it's bad enough, Jimmy, we may just have to scrap, okay? Sometimes you just got to scrap and just move on to something else. We, we turn these problems over to God. And these problems, well, I'm worried about the budget shortfall in Washington. I don't know what we're going to do. I've got to turn it over to them folks. And I don't know if they're going to do right or wrong. They're probably, probably wrong, most likely, if it's the government. But we turn it over to them, okay, because I am counting on God. I'm casting my cares upon God and say, God, all I want is to serve you the best of my ability and I want to be one of your servants, one of your children, and I want to hear, well done, thou good servant, faithful servant, this life. Folks, that's all I'm interested in. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And I cast my care upon Deb. She cast her care upon me. If the bad guy comes to our house tonight, and she wakes me up, I'll go see the answer to the door, okay? <laughs> I may not hear it. But you know what I'm saying? And tonight when we get home, Deb will fret about what am I supposed going to eat. okay? She will fret about that, okay? She cares for me, okay? I care for her. That's what you're supposed to be. We are the bride of Christ. He cares for us, folks. And doesn't that that make you feel good? It has to make you feel good. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. Proverbs 15, 25. God resists the proud. Those who have an inordinate self-esteem. There is nothing at all wrong with being proud of your little son or grandchild when they come home with all lights. That's a good thing. There's not a thing. That is not what we're talking about here. There's nothing wrong with buying a new car and being proud of your new car or truck. There's not a thing wrong with that. But when you start running people, well, mine's a lot better than yours. What well, are you doing with that piece of trash? Look at mine. Look at this. Now, that's when you're wrong, folks. That's when you're real wrong. I'm proud of my old 2001 Toyota pickup truck. Got 267,000 miles on it. I'm proud of it. You know what? Because it takes me from point A to point B, and it's done it a million times, and it may, we're going to let her drive until she keeps on, till til it quits doing it. Then Jimmy will scrap her <laughs> and we'll do, go to something else. Inordinate self-esteem. That's way more than you need to have, okay? Those who have a high and unreasonable conceit of themselves, their abilities or things that might belong to You are not the best at anything. I don't care what it is. You're not the best at it. You might be able to eat 36 hot dogs in 10 minutes. They somebody can beat you. I promise you. you know, that's, that's just gross to even think about. You're not the best high jumper. You're not the prettiest. You're not the fastest. You're not the smartest. Okay? I worked with a guy. And he said, I thought I was pretty smart. He said, I didn't even pass the test to get on to Jeopardy. Jeffrey. He tried to get on Jeffrey. One night, he said, I didn't even pass the test. And he was smart. He was a very smart person. Uh, this might extend to things such as, God hates a proud look. Beauty. We talked about that just a moment ago. And I've seen people, uh, that Gina Lola Bridger, or whatever her name was, died. They, at one time, they said she might have been the prettiest woman in the world. Well, she sure looked like it in some of the pictures. But the pictures are towards the end of her life, not so much, okay? Okay, that's just a fact. That just that happens to everybody. Strength. People I've known have been very, very strong. The strength will finally leave, okay? Uh, possessions. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. And what we talked about earlier, you can lose, you can lose it all. Rank. Well, look at my position. Tony used to say all the time, and I always admired this when Tony said this. She said, there is no different than her and the janitor at the post office. The only thing was job description. That's the only thing. He put his pants on, she puts her pants on, puts her shoes on. He goes and cleans the floors, and Tony goes and makes management assistance. That's a good way to be. That's a good way to be. You aren't anything. I'm an elder in the church, and I'm proud to be an elder in the church. I want to be the best kind of elder that I can be. But I'm not better than Kevin, and I'm not better than you, folks. I'm not better than anybody, okay? I'm a humble servant of God, and I consider it an honor and a privilege to work and serve the Lord and his kingdom. Forget the rank. And even religion. Well, I'm a such and such, and I'm a such, and so we're, we're, we're very good. You've got to be careful with that, folks. God hates that proud. okay? We are humble servants, obedient servants of God. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. God will exalt you in due time. Remember that. In due time. There's people that have lived their entire lives upon this earth. They were Christians, but all they ever did was pick cotton from this end of the field to that end of the field. And when they got to the other end of the field, they turned around and came back. And they were whipped if they didn't pick enough cotton. And they lived, they were born in slavery, and they died in slavery. Never seen the promise. God will exalt you in due time. Folks, you'll rub shoulders to those people in heaven. If they die in Christ, so shall they ever be with the Lord. Humble yourselves to the side of the Lord and God will exalt you. If anyone has any issues with anything this evening, the prayers to the church, and you think you can do it all to help you, please let us know and come forward. Let's